welcome to a special edition of the International News Desk. As usual, I'm joined by the myth, the legend, Kurt Buckerfield. How are you, my friend? Good, Shawnee. How are you doing, man? I'm very good. I'm very good. A lot to cover today. Um, I don't know where you want to start. Should we, should we start with the beast himself, Peter Shalalile, and uh, what he has, or what he's busy accomplishing in the PSL in South Africa? I still don't know how this guy is still playing in the PSL. I don't know why he's not overseas. Um, I potentially think it's one of those things when you sign for Sundowns, it's it's tough to leave. Yeah. But uh, another hat trick um, on the way to break uh, Mbasuma's uh, record of 25 goals, I think it was in the season. He's already on 21, I believe, yeah. or 20. 21. Um, yeah, dude, 28 years old, flying Sundowns on, on the track for four caps this season. What's going on, bro? I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, he's having a, f- a phenomenal season. Um, and like you said now, it's kind of difficult to understand why he's still playing in, in South Africa. Um, you know, 21 league goals, that's the highest tally that we've seen from a um, striker in the PSLs in, in 10 years uh, since Nomvete scored, I think it was 19 or 20 goals in the 2011-12 season. So, yeah, it's a little confusing as to why he's still here. But like you said, um, you know, it's a very good point that leaving Sundowns is probably difficult. Um, you know, he's probably getting paid a very nice salary. Um, and does he swap being a champion in South Africa, um, a consistent champion in South Africa, scoring loads of goals for, you know, maybe going to Belgium where he scores half of what he scores here. Um, yeah. Maybe he earns half probably earns half too and doesn't quite get the acclaim um, and respect I don't know Um, you as an agent will will probably know more than than me about this but you know he's 28 years old that's probably super super agent but that's probably something that that you know, clubs factor in if, if he is being looked at if, yeah. or if he was being looked at, right, Sean? Yeah. No, no, look, I mean, if if, if he was to go, I think he, he should have gotten last season or potentially the season before. I'm not saying that 28 is too old, um, but a, a move to Europe is quite rare between 28 and 30, I reckon, for a striker. But, uh, um, yeah, I, it, it's very hard to... People don't really understand that how much these Sundown players earn and mm. compared to what pe- people earn in, you know, in, in a Belgium... Uh, a lot of teams in France. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, why would he leave is the question. I think he should have um, in terms of personal growth, maybe personal development, uh, personal milestones. But um, I think he's potentially where he should be, especially till the end of the season. It'll be interesting to see what happens next season. Though. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, consecutive hat-tricks. I mean, I, I can't remember the last time a PSL striker did that. Um, mm. Consecutive hat-tricks, that's pretty impressive. I think it was Nomverti, wasn't it? It, it might have been, yeah, it might yeah, have been. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I think that, you know, performances like these will probably earn some interest abroad. Maybe teams yeah. even across Africa, like uh, North Africa, maybe teams in Egypt will be looking at yes. him. Maybe Pizzo would yes. be considering him at Al Ahli. Um, yeah. But um, no, it's just fantastic to see a striker putting up those kinds of numbers in South Africa. It feels like it's been a very long time. Yeah, in- incredible. Um, we shall watch this closely. So as I said, they've already bagged the NTN8s. Nebank Cup is next. Uh, obviously the PSR, which I reckon are already champions. And yeah. Don't forget the CAF Champions League. I mean, if they do win those four trophies, that is next level. For sure. Exactly. For sure. And it's super exciting times. Uh, let's move on to the greatest team in the world, Man City. And obviously <laughs> what's <laughs> what's been happening, a cracker game over the weekend. Not, you know, even as a, if you're a neutral, that was, was beautiful to watch. Um, Liverpool potentially stronger in the second half, Kurt. Um, but 
two two fair results? I think it was probably a fair result. It looked like neither side wanted to lose that game, which is totally yeah. understandable. I think that it's probably a good position to go into the last seven games in. Um, I think that if Liverpool uh, lost there, it might have made um, you know winning this season's Premier League title quite difficult. Um, yeah. And I think that um, it would have caused issues for City had they lost. So. I understand why there was sort of a more pragmatic approach, but it was still an, uh, an incredible game. Um, lovely football. Um, and yeah, just football of the highest, highest level. Um, and no, exciting to watch. I, I think that City still have the advantage. I know that they have an, an actual point advantage. They yeah. they lead Liverpool by a point um, with seven games remaining, but they probably have an easier run in towards the end of the season. Um, that could be affected, but, yes. But, but, yes. but, Jurgen Klopp's men play uh, before City on three occasions over the next four weeks, which does play in the hands of Liverpool. I think that's, you, you're probably correct there, Sean, but when you look at their fixtures, when you look at, they've got to go, I know that Everton aren't having a great season, but they're fighting for their lives right now. It's a rival team, yeah. anything can happen. So they've got Everton, they've got Manchester United, um, they've got Newcastle away, um, they've got Spurs, they've got Villa and Wolves. Those aren't easy games to go and get three points at. Um, sure, maybe against United, definitely three points against United. Um, but I don't know if they beat Spurs on this kind of form. I don't know if you've been paying uh, attention to what they're doing at the moment. It's phenomenal yeah, too. Absolutely. So yeah, I think I think Liverpool's next games are United, Newcastle, and Spurs, while City face Brighton, Leeds, and Newcastle. So it's, mm. uh, I see what you're saying. Potentially easier running for City, but um, but then again, City now after the the Champions League games, we, uh, we'll we'll speak about that in a minute. Um, he's yes. just said that. You know, they, they, they might be without Kevin De Bruyne. They might be without um, Kyle Walker, injuries mm. to those players. So that could affect them. But then again, City have, uh, have a great squad, um, huge, uh, incredible depth. So you would expect them to, I think, retain the title. Um, but, you know, football is football. Anything can happen. I see uh, Guardiola playing some mind games, saying he's already conceded the, 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 the title as well. No, oh, no, I mean, is, come which on. Which is bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> um, we shall be watching this closely every single game from now on as a final, of course. Um, let's touch on to the, one of the worst teams of all, Man United. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, uh, t- Ten Hag, is, is, it's a done deal, it says. Um, uh, they say that they've reached an agreement in principle with Eric Ten Hag to become their next permanent manager, quote-unquote. Yeah, so last week we said that it was getting close. Um, it's now being said that they have reached that agreement, um, that verbal agreement. They are yet to complete negotiations with Ajax, but that is something that is going to happen. Um, it's pretty much 99% done. Um, but what's interesting here, at least for me, a United supporter, is that Ten Hag is someone who is known to pay attention to, to detail, um, not just as a football manager, not just on the sidelines, but in terms of how he conducts himself outside of football. Um, and this, yeah. this means that when he is you know, presented um, an opportunity like this, he considers absolutely every aspect. Um, I was even listening to a podcast where um, some insiders were saying that he's the kind of guy who, who reads through his entire contract a couple times to understand the whole thing, to understand just how much control and influence you'll be allowed to have. So that was a big, big factor in Ten Hag, you know, accepting Man United's advances was understanding or at least um, being 
um, given permission to have control over transfers in terms of getting rid of players, bringing players in um, when it comes to implementing his style. So I do think it's a step in the right direction um, for, for the club. I think that um, Ten Hag's a brave man to be taking this job. Um, but I think that he is someone who backs his abilities. Um, he's, he's proven that he's a very good coach. Not at this level yet, but he's proven that he's a good coach. Um, and if he believes that United are willing to give him that control, um, then it's it's something that should excite him um, and should excite United fans too. Well, the important thing is that he obviously believes in the squad that United have. Um, do, you? Uh, do you? No, I don't. And I don't, I, I don't think that he necessarily does, Sean. I think that um, he will be joining Man United um, with the view of, you know, this being a project, not just something that he's going to come. He's not going to come into the club and be yeah. the savior and things are going to turn around dramatically in the first season. It's probably not going to happen. The most important thing is probably getting rid of Deadwood, players who who have been um, on the fringes for the last couple of seasons, players like Matic, players like Eric Bailly, Juan Mata, um, and then bringing in a new crop of players, whether that's into, uh, from the, the transfer window or that's from the youth team. Um, so I don't think that Ten Hag is necessarily excited about... I, look, I'm, I, that's a very good squad that United have. Obviously, the yeah. mood and everything like that changes that dynamic. It's a very good squad, so he probably does see enough talent to work with. But he probably has his own ideas in terms of, of, of the way to, to even better that squad. Yeah, it's interesting. And obviously, um, I think most people would have thought Pochettino was the, was the, uh, uh, the obvious choice. So what do you think is next for him? Oof, I have no idea. It's, it, it, it seems like the options are limited for him right now. It yeah. looks pretty clear that PSG won't be keeping him on for next season. Um, yeah. I don't know, maybe Real Madrid. Maybe Real Madrid. Um, uh, maybe back to the Premier League. I think that he would have probably been interested in Spurs had they not uh, appointed Conte and had that not gone well. Um, yeah. It's very interesting. I don't know. I think that he's a very good manager and I think that he's he's getting a bad rap. You know, um, everything that's gone on in France, I think, is, has sort of um, changed the, the way people sort of see him, which is, which is unfair. I think that if you look in the Champions League right now or... In recent seasons, ex-PSG managers have have had a difficult time at PSG, but then have gone on to achieve some nice things, some good things at, at different clubs. I mean, Unai Emery's just you know gotten Villarreal to the semi-finals of the Champions League. Tuchel won the Champions League last season, mm. so I think that it's unfair. But you know what? That's that's life. And um, United were probably top of the top. yeah, and I think that United were probably so afraid of getting this appointment wrong. Um, and they apparently have taken, and um, this is what I read yesterday, they've taken into consideration what the mood is like, like the trends are like online and what people are saying about Pochettino and Ten Hag. Um, and I think that the, the uh, majority of United fans right now lead, uh, lean towards Ten Hag just because of, of what he's achieved at Ajax over the last few seasons. Um, and over the last few seasons, they've sort of been put off by Pochettino. So, United are taking that into consideration and I understand that um, but I don't think that they're necessarily doing this for the right reasons. It feels like if this is the right decision it was by mistake. I don't know. Let's see. What's your opinion on that? Do you think Ten Hag's the right guy? I think he's a good coach. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, as me as a, as a United fan I would have taken either manager. Yeah. I'm not really... I wasn't too fussed. Um, yeah. I, I probably would have been maybe a little bit more excited uh, with Pochettino just because mm. he made... Spurs title contenders 
for a number of seasons um, and has that Premier League experience and he's now worked with these big, big players, these big personalities. So that will immediately improve him as a manager. Um, yeah. But no, I'm excited either way. Yeah, amazing. Well, let, let, let's slowly progress into the Champions League. Um, whew, what a couple of days and what's some, we spoke about some amazing football before, but some crackers, eh? I mean, Man City playing with absolute fire as they do in the Champions League. Liverpool a bit hairy. Um, Benzema again, oh my God, he's just next level. And then obviously Villarreal, probably the biggest upset. Where do you want to start? Um, I like that Villarreal story. Um, yeah. I really in- I enjoy that story after the game. So after their 1-1 draw at um, Bayern this week now, which obviously meant that they qualified for the semi-final. Um, a few players and um, I think maybe even Unai Emery came out to say that they felt sort of disrespected by Bayern. Um, because after the draw, after the, the, the quarterfinal draw, um, Julian Nagelsmann, the Bayern coach, had said that he wished his team um, could settle it in the first tie. So they were already speaking about how they were almost through to uh, almost through to the semi-finals and how they were already advancing in the competition. And Villarreal was just something that they needed to sort of push aside. Um, so I'm so glad from like that sort of footballing perspective that that didn't happen and that yeah. that provided Villarreal players with that extra motivation. Um, and I think that that's exactly what that is. You know, Bayern probably got ahead of themselves. They were complacent. I think it showed in their performances over the two legs. Villarreal wanted it more um, and they're through. And um, I love that story. Amazing, amazing. Let's touch on uh, Real Madrid at home to Chelsea. I mean, <laughs> absolutely beautiful. What a comeback. I mean, yeah, good. Give, give us more info. Yeah, so Chelsea were... Uh, did you watch that game, Sean? They were phenomenal. Oh, yeah, ridiculous. They were, they were incredible. Um, when they went 3-0 ahead, I thought that this was it. Um, Real Madrid are always good for a goal, of course, especially at home. Um, but it, it felt like they, they waited for, to Chelsea, uh, for Chelsea to get ahead before they started playing, which is something they sort of did against PSG too. Um, so it wasn't too surprising to see them sitting back and, and you know, going to that game with a more conservative approach. Um, but then, you know, I think we can't mention this game without mentioning that pass from Luka Modric. Um, that outside of the boot um, cross Perfection. through ball whatever it was for Rodrigo yeah. who had just come on I think it was five minutes after Timo Werner scored Chelsea's third goal um, Real pegged one back which put the scores at 4-4 in aggregate um, yeah. but just that to, 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 to be able to produce that sort of genius in that moment um, for me sort of cements Modric's place among you know the the, the all time best Absolutely. midfielders to to play at that level. Um, over a hundred games in the Champions League, over I think four hundred games for Real Madrid. Wow. He's thirty six years old, Sean. It's frightening. To to be continuing at that level, um, and it's not just when he's on the ball, but off the ball too. He works really hard. Um, he's about to go into another World Cup with Croatia. Um, no, a, a genius of a player. Um, I, I'm, yeah. I'm 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 very happy for Real Madrid. I think that. Um, I'm, I'm especially happy for Benzema and what he's been able to achieve, you know, over the last couple of seasons. Him obviously scoring the crucial, the winner. I know they lost the game three-two, but the winner on aggregate. Um, no, for a phenomenal season for him, and I think that um, if if Real Madrid, you know, advance, who, who they've got City, right? Um, so. If they win this Champions League, I think that Benzema is winning that Ballon d'Or for sure. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Let's just move on to City and playing with fire away to Atletico <laughs> Madrid. Atletico Madrid, possibly the better team on the evening, um, but hell of a result. 
a hell of a result. I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know how to feel really about the way Atletico approach big games like these. Um, I think that, you know, Simeone's, he's had huge success at Atletico Madrid over the last 10 years. But I think that, you know, his, 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 his no-nonsense, his us-against-them sort of tough guy approach to games is probably more indicative of his lack of ability as a manager than it is about that. Um, so I understand that it's, it's amazing to see a team with such togetherness and a team who will fight for one another and, and go into battle um, with that sort of mindset of, you know, it's us against them. But um, I, I, it's, kind of, it's kind of frustrating to watch for me um, as, a, as a, like, you know, not to sound pretentious, but as like a football purist. Um, I'm, yes. I'm much rather appreciate the way City try and play. I know last night's game was slightly different. Atletico were yeah. far better um, in that second leg than they were in the first. Um, but I feel like it's it's not a good look when you're losing um, to then go and start kicking players and stuff like that. I think that shows that you've lost it. Um, yes. Anyway, congrats to City, and I think that. Thank you. Congrats, Sean. Um, I think that I think that City are probably favourites to win the whole thing. If we don't, then I don't know. <laughs> uh, but let, let's move on to possibly the second favourites, I guess, uh, Liverpool. Um, Benfica were unbelievable, eh? Yeah, no, look, I was surprised by Liverpool's selection. Um, I understand why Klopp changed his team up. Um, you know, they've got some very important league fixtures to, to focus on over the the next yes. couple of weeks, so I, I, I get it. Um, but if that, if I were a Benfica player, I would have been really motivated. I would have, I would have been saying before that game, guys, are you look look at that team that they put out? Um, they believe that they've already won this. Let's go out there and yeah. fight. And I think that that is the attitude that Benfica went there, went out there with um, to score three goals at Anfield. No matter who you're playing against, which which team you're playing against, that's pretty impressive. Um, but then again, you know, Liverpool. They will always create chances and with the quality that they have up front, they will always score goals. Um, so even when, you know, Benfica look to have a grip on the game, Liverpool at any point can, can you know, change it by, uh, with Luis Diaz, they brought on Salah, Firmino, I think he scored twice or once. Um, Diego Jota, of course. So, no, Liverpool are definitely up there with City as probably the favourites to win it, yeah. Yeah. It's a hell of a week of football. Uh, I look forward to what this weekend brings. Uh, Kurt, anything else you want to add? Anything we should keep our eyes open for this weekend? Any specific games? Um, if any specific games, Sean, just give me a little sec. I, I, I wasn't uh, prepared for that question and I'm so no, sorry. No, no, that's fine. We'll just, we'll just, <laughs> just be prepared for anything, Kurt. I know. Here, I know, bro. I know. I was, I was thinking about, who do United have this weekend? Isn't it like a... It's not Liverpool United. Anyway. Is it Liverpool United this weekend? I think so. No, no, no. United have Norwich, which... Uh, Norwich win. Norwich win. But then next week. So, yeah, next week, Liverpool play United on the on Tuesday. So, it'll be before we record next week. Um, that is a, a huge game to obviously look out for. Um, that's the talking point. That's the talking point, Sean. And we'll be discussing that next week, I guess. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. You have been incredible as usual. Um, and that is, guys, is how we wrap up today's special edition of the International News Desk. So whether you have been listening on SL Podcasts or Seattle Today, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or Mucky K96.7, it's game time. Thank you for tuning in. I've been your host, Sean Roberts. Thank you, Kurt. Cool, Sean. Cheers, man. Thank you. Thank you.